You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael. And with me tonight, as always, is Jay, formerly from the AK. I like the formerly from the AK. How's it going tonight? It's going really good, Mike. Um, yeah. It's a little weird, but it's going okay. Why Why is it weird? I'm all discombobulated. Um, <laughs> is that our word for the night? Discombobulated? It's the word for discombobulated. It is now, um, right? I am all discombobulated because my body is saying it's below zero, but it's... <laughs> 85 degrees outside. 85. 85 below, right? No, 85 above. <laughs> Are you used to those positive numbers this uh, <laughs> this late in the game it's, here? It is, it is very, very strange. And I was talking to AK Mike uh, just a little while ago, and they were having a snow day in Alaska. All the kids were out of school. They had a snow alert. Um, the kids were out of school. And for Folks who aren't from Alaska let you know if it was 20 below zero, the kids go outside to play, you know, for recess. They still go outside. So it has to be pretty bad that the children, <laughs> in order to get out of school, you know, the roads have to be really severely bad. They're having their last throws of winter. I'm now down here in Texas, and it's so nice. I've been going into a little bit of shock, or I feel like a little bit of a like a meth addict or something. I want I want to go fly so bad, but I'm a little busy, so I can't fly. And so usually whenever I have a bluebird days, like I've been having since I've been down here right. in Alaska, I would stop whatever I was doing. You know, oh, I need to go shopping for food. Oh, nope, I'm going to go fly. But I can't, yeah, I can't do that now down here. I just feel really bad. And I feel like I should be flying something. Yeah, I'm jonesing really hard about getting out and flying. So you uh, had a chance to go by and see this field. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jay moved down to a little town in central Texas to between Austin and San Antonio called Wimberley, which is where your mom's Ooh. from, right? Yep, yep. And, that's where mom's and from. And he moved down to uh, kind of help out with his mom. And there's a field down there. It's really nice. We found it on Google Earth. We uh, looked at it. It belongs to the Ar- Army Army Corps, Corps of Engineers. Okay, and they uh, they used to fly it, but it's been shut down for a while, and you're – uh, you you went out on a on like a road trip to find a little this expedition. Place, right? I, I had a little bit of free time, and I went out my little expedition to find this field. And uh, I got to the about where the field was at. Was driving around the circles, and then I called you. And then we we're like, you're looking up on Google Earth for me, and I was finally able to find the entrance to this place, and it was kind of overgrown. And uh, I walked out in the field. I disturbed like a small herd of deer. It looks great. They still have the remnants of the old field up and the flight line and the safety line and stuff like that up there. And the nice part is you have half the field for flying. You're right on the edge of Canyon Lake. So if you want to fly float planes, whatever, you can fly them. But unfortunately, about, I guess about a year ago, year and a half ago, maybe, they shut the field down. And I was able to track down one of the guys who knew about the field and knew what was going on with the Corps of Engineers. And I tracked this individual down and I called him up and I said, hey, so what's going on with the field? Why, 
I, I used to be able to find it on your website and I used to be able to find hints of it on, at, on different things like RC groups and flying giants and other little you know websites like that. The guy tells me, well, we had to shut it down. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, we have a problem. The people around the field were complaining right on the edge where Canyon Lake ed- ends, I guess, is <clears throat> right on the edge of their property. There's regular homeowners. And I guess people were coming on the weekends during the summers and they stayed, you know, kind of late one day and they're all flying gassers. And I guess they disturbed all the residents. And so I guess they got together, made a complaint to Canyon Lake and they shut the field down. Now that I've kind of looked at the field, I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to knock on a few doors, talk to the residents to see why they complained. And I'm probably going to get together a little petition and see if I can get the field reopened for electric only. I've done it before in the past. It's worked. So I'll try it down here. <laughs> yeah, I have to say you're good at that uh, opening and closing field. So, uh, well, we we wish you the best of luck down there. But the weather has been great uh, here in uh, Phoenix. And it's been great there with uh, in Texas. So, yeah, it's a great time for us to get out in the gliders. You know, and it's April and here in Phoenix, it's really heating up. So we've got a lot of thermal lift. And uh, just to let you know, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, went out and flew my, I maidened my glider, my, my hot glider. And, and, this is, and this glider has a little bit of history behind it, doesn't it? It, it does, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Not necessarily about- <laughs> good history, but it has some history. <laughs> it does have a little history about it. I think in one of our podcast episodes not too long ago, we started talking about uh, this glider or something that had to do with this. Where we were oh, it might have been the Christmas wives. episode or it might have no, been. No, I think it, it was the Valentine's episode. Valentine's, we, okay. Yeah, where we were talking about how much we spent and it was like, you know, don't let your wife listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, this glider was uh, one that Jay had found. Uh, they were having a sale. I had been just drooling over this typhoon e-typhoon is what it's called it's my first full carbon fiber glider uh hotliner jay being the plane broker uh, that he what? is <laughs> and, and does a really good job at it he sends me this thing says oh my gosh this thing is on sale and i jumped all over it i bought it and, and it was so, a good deal it was yeah, a it was deal. a really good deal it was a really good deal but then when i got the the package in the mail and opened it up and this has been what eight 10 months ago, maybe almost, almost a year, year ago. Yeah. Almost a year. Almost a okay. year. So about a year ago, came to the house, opened it up. I did not realize how big of a project this was, was going to become. <laughs> I, I, I knew what I needed. So I ordered the parts. I figured I could just order some inexpensive servos and, you know, a couple of motors. We found the motor that we wanted to put in there. And, and so I ordered all those parts. It came in, I opened the box sat down with this thing and realized it's all carbon fiber. You you can't drill or screw a servo into your carbon fiber wing. No, sir, you can't. It's cannot. not going to work. So well, now well, I have well. this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I have this servo that I have to, and it's a flat wing servo because the wings are uber thin. And I have to figure out how to mount this servo into this into this wing. Now, it has a live hinge. I think we've talked about that before. It uh, is right. all part of the same uh, you know, wing structure, and it, it moves. And, and so now the threaded rod that they gave me is literally two clevises and a threaded rod. So when you thread it together, the two clevises, they're Sullivan-type clevises, they, 
they go together, they make about a two inches and it's too long. It's too long for the servo arm to the actual control horn. So I have to figure out how to shorten this so that I get the max throw. Anyway, it started into this project. I, I probably worked, what, a month on trying and, to figure and I, out? And I have to say, Mike, you got big gorilla hands. This is this is something oh, for somebody yeah, this with is... delicate surgeon hands, not, you know, monkey turning, you know, wrist <laughs> gorilla putting, putting nuts and bolts in a tank type of thing. That's, yeah, you know. no, I hear you. I see, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not a dainty <laughs> finger guy. I no, you are not. And this thing was, it was tight. It was. It, it, it was. The servo barely fit down in there, the servos that I got. And it just became one of those troublesome things. The more I wrapped my head around what I needed to do, the more I started to feel like, okay, this, this is a custom job. It's not just a drop a cheap servo in and, you know, hope for the best. As the project wore on, I found from a company called the Loft Hobbies, who are really a bunch of great guys, they sell a mount that actually, it's a plastic mount that comes with a, a servo bearing. And the bearing, the servo actually goes into, the servo head goes into the bearing, and now you have this this servo um, arm that will actually go 90 degrees. It'll lay flat one way, and it'll lay flat the other way. Uh, and it's on a pin and a bearing. It is super smooth. A lot of guys are using it in their gliders. I thought, oh, no problem. I'll grab four of those for the wing servos. Right. And, and it's pretty neat because when I got a chance to see it, like you said, it, it it's a pretty neat thing of engineering. But unfortunately, uh, like you said, you don't have a lot of room in there. No, it's not. It's, it's very thin. And so I, I got these in the mail, which I ordered, and, and they're not – I don't want to say they're super expensive, but they're not cheap. They're not. I mean, you and I are used to buying stuff that's five, ten bucks right. to put in our airplanes, and now now I've far surpassed that because these mounts run. I want to say, or, you know, north of twenty five dollars a piece, <laughs> or or a pair. I think so. I ordered a couple, and then I got them in, and I thought, okay, I'm going to set aside a day. We're going to sit down, and we're going to put all these in here. As a result. It didn't work like I thought it did. So now I dropped this little mount in there, which, by the way, is now too big to fit in the hole as well. So it's almost like putting that ship together in a in a bottle. bottle. You know, I have to put these things down in there and get the servo all lined up. Now, you and I have talked in the past about epoxy. I'm not. I have a reaction to the epoxy thing. I chew. I'm allergic. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of a reaction to the epoxy side. So I have to. Now figure out how to epoxy, because I can't screw these in. I have to figure out how to epoxy these mounts into the, the, the wing. And I have to use epoxy. I can't use, just use CA or some other kind of glue because the epoxy is what holds the carbon fiber down. And like I was telling you before, some of the stuff that I read when I was researching this, the guys were quite literally epoxying the servos in. You know, even though you kind of rejected you know, my suggestion to do that, it actually worked out to be a good thing that you didn't, right? That was, right. That was the other problem. Yeah, say that again. I, I said that was, your, that was your other problem later on. Oh, right. That, right, that right, had, right. If, you had, if, you had, if you glued those suckers in, you would have been crying and cursing my name all, all in the same thing. I would have gotten an earful. Yes, because a lot of guys, I, I, that is correct. Okay, so I, I misunderstood what you said. They took the servo, put 
you know, epoxy on it and then just drop the servo right down onto the carbon fiber. So it just right. stuck. Those guys were using way higher end servos than what I had. And so as a result, you know, they were probably, it was a one-time deal and they've done it before. Right. My but once was, again, for, for, for you, these weren't exactly cheap servos, even though they weren't the no, highest No, they weren't, end, but they weren't the they $200 were, servos. No, they weren't $200, but I mean, no. you know, they still were pretty pricey servos. Yeah, they were, they were pricey, pretty yeah. pricey servos. I, I set these mounts down in there, but the problem is now I've got to get the mount straight so that when the servo goes down in there, it lines up my rod because the rod has to go through this very tiny hole uh, to meet the control horn. And I don't have a whole lot of room in there. And of course I had to get the Dremel tool out and I had to Dremel some of that and, and get it all lined up. And, and it's a one-time shot because once you drop the epoxy down in there, if it's crooked, you're kind of stuck with it. It's not like I can <laughs> dig out the epoxy from this thin nope. wing, you know, it's carbon fiber and it just absorbs it all. And so it became this real big drama process that, you know, Jay's calling me almost every weekly going, Hey man, you got that glider up yet? And I'm telling them over the phone, this is, you know, what I'm dealing with. And it's very difficult to explain. And between photos and FaceTime and Skype and whatever, and holding the thing up to my computer, it was very difficult to get him to understand exactly my dilemma. And so finally one afternoon, gosh, it took me three or four months to finally figure out the engineering (laughs) portion of it to where it would actually work. I knew that as time wore on, Jay was coming into town you know, for the electric festival when we had that. And so I wanted to get this thing done. And and so I took a, took a weekend and, and spent a lot of time and energy putting, putting everything together. So I finally got it all together, took it out to maiden it when you were here. That's right. And, and what happened? The servos weren't working. <laughs> sure. That, first of all, you, I have to say, Mike, you did an excellent job because you, you added some things to this and you did some mods to it on top of all of this. You know, the wings are, you take the wings apart and you put a mod so that you, the wings, you can snap them together and all the electrical connections would, would go together. And That's that true. turned out really well. The second thing, folks, which you got to really understand, Mike went ahead and we put in the motor that he wanted into this thing. And then on top of that, once you get the motor in, once again, did we mention that it was tight? Well, you still have to put the batteries in there. And guess what? You have to fit all the electric, the rest of the electrical gear right. into the fuselage. And it's tight. I yeah. mean, it's small. I mean, this thing, first of all, this thing, it just looks fast. You know, you, you look at a car, you go, the car just looks fast. Well, this plane, just sitting on the ground. Yeah, just sitting like, in the parking, parking lot, it looks fast. You know it can go 100 miles an hour without even thinking about it. Right. We, he, he had figured out how to get everything in the plane, squeeze it all in. He, he bundled up all the wiring. He made it look nice and neat and tidy. The plane looked really professional. It was well done. We get out there. My wife's out there on the park, you know, walking the dog. We're all ready to maiden this thing. And um, we get out and, you know, then things started going terribly wrong. Uh, he's over there fiddling with his radio. Things don't look like they're moving the right direction. We're starting to smell that funny smoke or that funny smell from burning electrical equipment. And and we pre-tested it the night before to make sure everything was working. Everything yeah. the, the day before had worked. Now we get out in the field and it's like it had never been put together ever. <laughs> Nothing was fitting together. Right. The the RC gods were working against us. It got to a point where the servos weren't working. Things weren't working the right way. We, tr- we were trying to troubleshoot it. 
you know, it's getting hotter, colder. I mean, it's just, it just was not work. Everything was just not going our way. And at that point it was like, okay, even if we got this together, I don't feel, you know, just, you get that in the pit of your stomach, you go, Ooh, even if we got this to kind of work, I don't feel confident enough to fly it today. Even as a friend watching, you know, just helping launch the thing. I didn't feel right. confident that things things were going so much so worse for us, so bad against us. You know, you just know that you you know the Murphy's Law is just it's huge. It's just waiting for you to toss it. Oh, please toss that plane! And this plane, since Mike had spent a fortune on it, and not just it's not just the money, it's <laughs> yeah, the time, it's the, it's the man hours that he put into us. And 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 you, what'd you name this plane? The Crier. What, what, what? The Crier. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the name of the plane. And oh, is that because it goes so fast? No, because if it crashes, we're all going to start crying. Because, <laughs> that's right. There was because it'll so be so much time and energy. So much time and energy into that plane. It's it's yeah. it's just too funny. So unfortunately, folks, the plane did not fly that day. I was jonesing to see this plane fly because once again, I found oh, the yeah. plane on for, on sale. Mike jumped on it, bought it. Then I was getting excited as I was helping him get the components for it. And I thought, oh, man, I can't wait till we can get this together. And then when I show up for the festival, he's like, ta-da, I got it completed. <laughs> Let's go fly it. And, right. you know, I'm getting excited. And we got out there, and it just was not going to happen. Basically, you had burned up two servos. The flap servos burned up? Well, yeah, they just stopped working. I'm not really sure what happened to them, but they were working here at the house, got it out to the field, and I think the elevator uh, servo was the one that wasn't working. One elevator servo and the rudder servo, I, I think, stopped working at the Yeah, time. or they, they were doing and some then, funny things. Yeah, it, they they weren't they weren't reacting the way that they should have. And anything, everybody knows that you can, I can fly an airplane with no rudder, rudder? no aileron, no <laughs> yeah. flap. I can't, right. I can't fly an airplane without elevator. No, nope. <laughs> you, or you can fly it once. You can fly it once. All she wrote. Yes. You, you, you can just toss it and see what it does. So anyway, Jay and I just felt like it wasn't the time. And, you know, I brought her home and switched out the servos uh, to a different brand and a different type of servo. Uh, put those in there. I got all that working, put it all back together. And now I got a wing and an aileron servo that are not working. Right. So I thought maybe it's a wiring harness, maybe it's something else. I I, did, I don't know. And everything's separate. I have a separate BEC, a separate ESC. Uh, everything's separated. I'm running it at a you know a, a six volts. Uh, both of these have very high torque uh, and very high voltage, so they they could take up to nine volts, I think, and they're still very very strong servos because this thing is you know supposed to do 100 miles an hour or so. But anyway, it wasn't meant to be. I, I tried to get it where we could maiden it while you were still here, and, and it just didn't work. So it got put on the back shelf. And luckily, I talked to the guys in the warranty departments and finally wound up you know, getting some new servos, got everything put back in, and now all the servos seem to be working correctly. So I'm not sure if it was a bad batch or what, happy, what have you, but uh, they weren't working before, and now, the, and now the new ones that I got are. So kudos out to those two guys for you know hooking me up and and uh, doing the warranty thing for them for me. So now at uh, you know a couple of weeks I think now I am a I'm a little jealous though a jealous of what because I didn't get to see it I didn't get to see the maiden uh, I know I know so it was you know the the weather kind of turned nice and uh, around the last weekend in March uh, we had a, a fly on Tuesday fly and I took my 
my glider out. Mainly because it was just one of those days that it had rained really hard the night before. That morning we got up, it was a still air. You could just feel the breeze just starting to pick up. Beautiful bluebird skies, not a cloud in the sky. All the guys were jonesing. I thought they were all bringing their gliders out because most of them had mentioned that they were going to, you know, oh, we got to bring this. I think uh, our guy Phil, our buddy Phil, he's got a kunai that's coming and a couple of the other guys. And so I took mine out thinking that, you know, I could possibly maiden it and had second thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you? You're, aren't, you did, Mr., yeah. aren't you Mr. Maiden? At your, I actually right believe it or not. Group? I know, right? I Believe it or not, I left it in the truck. And I just brought all my other airplanes out. So I was flying all those. And I turned around to Phil and I said, where's your kunai? He's like, oh, it's not here this week. I still got a couple of things to do on it. And I said, well, I thought you were going to bring it today to Maiden. And I said, I wound up bringing my glider. He's like, where is it? I said, it's in the truck. So boop, there we start walking to the truck to go get it, you know. So he helps me bring it back to the field. And everybody's all oohing and on about it. And we put it all together. And and uh, luckily, my buddy Jim, he's one of the guys that's there. He uh, he once over, looked it all over, gave the thumbs up. Good for a maiden. I'll tell you what, I've maidened numerous, countless. I, I've forgotten how many airplanes I've maidened. Both my, you know, most of mine and other people's. Uh, I've gone through, you know, a whole bunch of people's uh, maidens. My heart was pounding. Let me tell you, I. Was it I really? was okay. I, I was thought okay. you. I thought you'd done everything in RC that we couldn't even make your heart pound anymore. You know, normally it isn't, but like I said, I made such a big deal about this because uh, I told the guys when I stood up, they're like, "Oh, this is a maiden flight. This is so cool." And I go, "Yeah, but this is a crier." That's when I got the the little name because they're like, "What does that mean, a crier?" I go, "Because there's so much money tied up in this thing. If it hits the ground, there ain't any fixing carbon fiber. When it goes, <laughs> nope. it it goes in a million pieces. It's not like you can just." you know, put some glue on it and stick it back together. You just totally destroyed it. So I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, the bill on this thing is up to where if it crashes, I'm going to start crying. So they all are kind of making fun of me. Oh my gosh. You know, Mike's a little nervous about his new crier airplane and launched it. And that thing uh, took off. I did have a little bit of an issue. I, I, what was that? I threw the throttle full throttle and uh, the motor, I think, Okay, because this thing is so small, it, it, right. the, the diameter of the fuselage is so tiny. I, I opted to go with two 1,000 milliamp four cell batteries paired together. So okay. it basically makes it makes it what a 2,000 milliamp four cell, uh, four right. cell, right? Which is what they suggest for this motor. But I'm using two uh, batteries with the little wide, you know, wide end to each other. When I launched it, I I put the throttle to it. I think I drew a little more amps than I should have, I guess. And the motor stopped. I, I noticed the prop stopped and, th- and we're talking right after Phil launched it. He let it go. <laughs> it started going up and it just went poof, you know, and I, I saw the prop kind of stop because I have a hard brake on it and a folding prop and the prop folded back. And I thought, <gasps> Oh no. But let me tell you, Jay, this thing was like, butter i mean it it, it was gliding so well i could not believe how slick this thing was i didn't even lose any altitude or anything it just went to a glide and i turned i kind of turned it to the right to kind of get a better visual on the prop noticed it was stopped pulled the throttle to idle moved it up about half 
kicked right back on and off she went. And I literally, you can climb this thing out at half throttle. You don't really need full throttle unless you want to go vertical. And I, I got up two or three mistakes high, shut the power off and it just glides beautifully. I, really, I was nothing, so shocked. You had, no, you had no problems, nothing with the, the flaps or the, the spoilers being kind of off or nothing you had to adjust there. So it was, you nope, had it, it just, uh, now I, now I mechanically adjusted all that to where it was level before oh, I good. ever, you know, I mean, it, there was no, you got to understand when you got two pieces of carbon fiber together, it, it's pretty easy to tell when one's up and one's down, you know, you, so it gotcha. was all level, uh, mechanically adjusted everything. Then went in digitally in the radio and made everything just perfectly level. I took the spoiler part out and just made them level. So it only had flaps. <laughs> it only had flaps. It didn't have spoilers because I have it on a rotary on the side switch on my DX 18. And right. if, if I didn't want to accidentally hit it and deploy spoilers. So I took, okay. The I, I, out. I can kind of see why you did that, but I, I, I suspect you kind of had some problems a little later because of that. Uh, it didn't want to slow down <laughs> <laughs> because it glides so well. You're like it, probably at the end did. of the day, at the end of your five or eight minutes, you're like, I should land. Yeah. Well, it, it, it yes, I have to, you know, that, I don't want to spoil <laughs> the story, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. But, uh, all right, well go, go ahead with your story. I don't want to mess it up. No, no, no. We, uh, I got up a couple of mistakes high. It was gliding around. I put some, uh, you know, some more energy to it and got it kind of coming downhill I did notice that when I put power to it, it wanted to go straight. I probably have to do a few mixing, so I got my trims. I didn't really even have to trim it all that much. I went ahead and and started flying it a little faster and a little more aggressively. It rolls incredibly fast. It uh, climbs incredibly fast. It just makes this wicked sound. I, I just <laughs> love the sound. Oh, man, it's not even like that. It's just this whistle. There's a couple of videos out there if you want to go on YouTube and search for the E-Typhoon. But when you hear this thing, I, I heard it on, on a video, and I thought, there's no way. It sounds wicked. Yes. And the guys were like, as a matter of fact, one of the guys in the group was like, who's whistling? And everybody <laughs> laughed. They're like, that's the airplane. They're like, what causes that whistle? I'm like, uh, the fact Speed, that- Speed, uh, baby. Speed. <laughs> it's kind of- it's got a really thin carbon fiber wing. That sucker whistles. So we, I did a couple of low passes right by us. It, it's, it sounds amazing. And then I thought to myself, okay, maybe a loop, maybe a roll. Did a couple of those. And I thought, okay, now it's time to kind of, you know, bring it in and, and just call it a, a nice even. If I get too aggressive with it, I don't want something to happen or something to stop working. So I thought, well, I'll come on in. Now, for those of you that don't know, our park is about 400 by 400 feet, right? 400 by 400 feet. This glider is now doing way faster than the park probably wants it to go. And it's whistling. Now, we fly the wings in there, and the wings do okay because I can slow the wings down. Right. And they, when you pull the power off, those things have enough drag that they'll slow right on down. You can just kind of bring them in. Man, this who cares glider, if they bounce a couple of times? <laughs> yeah, that, that you don't want to bounce this thing. No. This glider was just moving. And Jim, uh, the guy, one of the guys that was there was kind of like, I don't know if you have enough room to get that down in this park, you know? So he walked out there with me and was kind of giving me some pointers and, you know, how to get out, which, which way to get lined up. And my heart was a pounding because I'm just thinking, man, if something happens, this is where it's going to happen, right here. 
you know, because yes, I've sir. seen this happen. I've seen it. Your blizzard was like that. You got it My too blizzard. slow. <clears throat> snap Absolutely. roll. It, yes, yes, it you will. know, right into the ground. The, that's, what, uh, that's what happens the with bubbles, those planes, the, unfortunately. I know the bubbles that they flew out here, you know, the little, the little gliders, those had the same problem. And I thought, okay, I, I don't want this to happen. Cause I'm just, I don't want it to just wind up like a lawn dart in the game. <laughs> no. So I came in, you know, a couple of different times, it took me three approaches to finally settle my heart rate down and get, you know, kind of where I could understand how long it was going to glide, how far it had to be above the ground. I decided at that point to go ahead and use the flaps because it does have flaps. It didn't have spoilers, but it had flaps. Now, Mike, when you were trying to go out and bring it out, so were you trying to do these super long approaches then, you know, to bring it, you know, to bring it, because that once again, you can't, not to say this, this isn't a small glider, but it's, it is wafer thin. And unfortunately, when you get it out so far, it disappears. I mean, did you find that, did you, was that happening to you or? I only had that happen once. It got behind me. You know, I was flying it around and the speed on it, not that I haven't flown really fast RC airplanes, but the, I was trying to keep this wings level and not do anything crazy and make any really hard turns uh, to do anything, you know, silly or break something right. loose. But right. I, I got it coming down and it, it, I got it a little fast and it kind of went behind me. As I started to turn it, I did see that it disappeared. The profile is so thin that when I rolled into a turn, I could no longer see it. I, I saw the tail, but the wings, fuselage psh, disappears. Oof. And luckily, you just hold what you have. If if you've had that happen before, you don't panic. Uh, you just kind of hold what you have because what I wanted it to do was turn left to come back towards me. A second and a half later, I saw the wing. You know, it came around. The profile was now visible, and I leveled the wings, and it went zipping past me. And I realized, okay, that was you know that was good, but <laughs> it it wasn't like you know it wasn't like it just disappeared and I couldn't <laughs> find it anymore. I had put an input in. I knew how long to keep the input to get it back around to me. And then I was able to see, you know, a head on version of it versus right. a side profile. But I did kind of keep it a little close. I just kept it a little bit higher. You know, we have trees and houses. So I had to kind of go out high and then come down into the, into the park. Right. And every time you come down, you build up, you build up that energy. Yes. Every time I push the nose over, it just built up energy. So I'm having to figure out how to slow it down and get it down. And I thought to myself, okay, well, now's the time. I'll go ahead and use the flaps. Now, on this glider, the flaps are pretty much 90 degrees to the to the wing. Wow. I mean, they droop. They're like barn doors. They come down. And when they come down, the nose wants to pitch way up. I need to mix some elevator in there. But I knew it was going to happen, so I went ahead and pushed forward on the stick and I got this thing coming down at about a 45-degree angle, really in a nice, gentle profile. Jim was coaching me along. Okay, you're doing good. You know, you're not. Right, because you're flaps, fine. you know, flat, depending on what you're using your flaps for, but, you know, in a real airplane, or it's to make, a, you know, the more flaps you add, the steeper your descent will be, become without building up that airspeed. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, okay. it lowers the nose, so it gives you a steeper descent profile without really picking up any speed. You are correct in that. So I, I got it down to where it was uh, about knee height above the ground, and as I was leveling it out, it just started getting slower and slower and started kind of sinking towards the ground. 
And then right before touchdown, I pulled all the flaps up and it just plopped right onto the ground. Cause at that point it was too slow. So, uh, the guys, you know, standing ovation, really. they were all, <laughs> they were all standing anyway, but yeah, they were all happy. I got it on the ground. Nice landing. Got put in the notes, uh, for our, our little group that we have notes that come out on Tuesday. Tom did a good right. job with that. Uh, so, and it was so super you're- exciting. So your heartbeat went under, you know, 200 beats per, per minute. It did. Uh, <laughs> once I got it back on the ground, I, I was okay. I took a deep breath. I, you know, Jim patted me on the back. Hey, good job. And, and then I, I walked over, picked it up. No damage. It's uh, not even a scratch. It, it landed in the grass. It did, you know, a great job. And of course, everybody wanted to know when I was going to fly it again. Are you going to fly it again? I go, no, nope. I only brought one set of batteries. <laughs> nope. <laughs> one flight a day and it was a good flight. So I'm not going to do it again. Not going to happen because I know what's going to happen the next time I'm going to get super aggressive with it and something stupid is going to happen. So Exactly. And and the weird the weird part about this, Jay, is, and, and I don't know if you realized that last time, but most airplanes that we have, you and I have, the wings attached via glue, you know, screws, Something attaches this. This right. glider is held together by nothing more than pressures. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember when uh, we were at your house and I go, well, where's the, where's the screw that goes into this? And you're like, where are you going to put a screw in carbon fiber? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that was crazy. You basically have a wing spar that has a little bit of a dihedral to it. It's all carbon fiber. It's huge. It's thick. It's really thick. And then you, when you put the wings on that you kind of have to like put some pressure on it to get them to fit into the holes. Once they fit into the holes, that pressure of that carbon fiber spar keeps the wings attached to the airplane. So there's nothing that literally, you know, bolts to it or they just slide on. Same with the tail. That made me really, really nervous. But (laughs) when I came down and landed, no, I know, but, but it's the first time I've seen that. Uh, when I came down and I even landed, I picked it back up. It was just exactly like I had put it back together. So, uh, it does take a little bit. I had to buy this special tool, believe it or not, to push between the fuselage and the wing. It's like a wedge, a mm-hmm. plastic wedge and you push it down, push it down. And it actually separates the wing, uh, until it actually gets past that little pressure point, And then it just slides right off. So once again, the guys at Loft Hobbies, you know, kudos to them. I think it was three or four dollars that uh, bought this little tool. So, yay, Mike! I'm so glad that it, it turned out well for you because there's so many things that could have went terribly wrong. Not that you know, jinx you now. It's the landings that get you with those aircraft. Like we were talking with the, my old Blizzard by Multiplex. Great plane. It whistled too. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic glider. The first time, first couple of times I flew it, had a great flight. I tried to get it to go a little slower to, you know, land in my field. I got it too slow. Next thing I know, the plane did, you know, like a half a barrel roll, smacko into the ground. And I was like, what happened? And uh, I think the analogy I gave you was it looked like God was uh, playing football with my glider and then spiked the ball at the touchdown. That's right. Because I had this beautiful approach and just those long, thin wings when they break. It's a violent break, and the plane will, will it will it will roll over onto its back and just go right into the ground, and it happens fast. I I have to admit that I did take this thing up, and of course I'm familiar with all those characteristics, and so I took it up a couple mistakes and and put the flaps out, got it really really slow. It did not exhibit any unfriendly uh, characteristics. 
Okay. I, I was thinking that too, but I think the way the wings are built, because they have um, a little bit more, you know, curvature at the wingtip, they don't just come to a stop out there. Uh, I think it's it, it's a little more friendly for that. Oh, good. But it, it, it like I said, it's a beautiful glider. I mean, I had just a, probably about a five mile an hour wind. And that thing just was wanting to hang up there all day long. I mean, I, I probably right. could have flown for 30 or 40 minutes just on the, the glide. It only loses very little altitude. You have to understand, I'm comparing this to my Phoenix 2000, which weighs about the same because this is a heavy glider. Everybody was really shocked at how heavy it was. I think all up weight on this thing is eight, eight pounds maybe. And that's, probably, hmm. that's probably a little too much. But what did I tell you it was? It was... I don't remember. Unfortunately, I don't remember. I have that old yeah, man's disease. Yeah, it, it is pretty. It is pretty heavy, though. I mean, everybody that lifted it up was like, "Wow, this thing is heavy," and it, it, you know, it's carbon fiber, and carbon fiber does have a little weight to it when you start stacking it up like that. So, even being heavy, um, you know, familiar with the the my two meter glider, my two meter glider has a tendency to have a really big sink rate. This thing didn't have a sink rate at all, hardly. Right. So it it was a great flight. Uh, I'm really glad I did it. I'm going to have to break it out. Of course, I've been busy for the last you know couple of weeks uh, and haven't had a chance to go out. Well, and, I, hopefully you know, next time you'll you know. you'll put the spoilers back in, and I think you'll find that probably to get down, you know, you, you, like you said, you're probably going to have to keep it up at that altitude. You're probably going to put the flaps out, make a steep descent, get it down to that landing profile. Once you get over your you know your park field, and then like I said, flip this flip it over to spoilers. And when those spoilers come out, it's a you can you can put it right at your feet. It's right. just amazing. With and it's not like a lot of spoilers. I mean, you just need like a thirty second, a three thirty seconds of a you know of an inch, and that that's all you need. And it'll just kill all the lift on the wing. Yeah, they were actually there. Like I said, I used my sub trim to actually take it out before the maiden flight because I I just got nervous about hitting that you know that rotor. No, hey, on the no, side. no, that's that's that's. Uh, like you said, the nice part is with these planes and that you had a receiver that had, you know, you were able to separate all your components. You can turn that stuff on and off and you have the ability to do that. So that was great. Oh, you know. I forgot to tell you, I have a uh, a mix in there. I call it my uh, agility mode, basically. But I was able to mix in the aileron flaps. So now the the outside aileron and inside, like the, let's see. The so left, if you're looking you're behind the airplane, it. no, it's uh, it's opposite. So what you're doing is I'm, I've got the outside aileron, in outside, and then the inside opposite flap. I think move opposite. Oh, so you're so just you, ex- so you're just extending the uh, aileron out, basically. Yeah. So it, but it doesn't move at the same rate. It it kind of. I don't know if it should move at the same rate, but anyway, I'm experimenting with it, but I, I tried it because I, I read a little bit about it and now the flaps and ailerons move together. I know that, uh, I have something on my, my big glider, the two meter glider that does something similar to that, but this was bent. This was really meant to get me a faster roll rate. Cause now I'm going from an outside aileron to a full span aileron. You get a much faster roll rate. Right. I did experiment with that. It, it didn't feel I wasn't quite as comfortable with it, so I turned that back off. Uh, but it seems that once I get it fixed up in there, so you weren't gonna you weren't gonna do a setup just like you had on your uh, on the Phoenix two thousand, where you had everything on the throttle stick. You know what I mean? Like 
because uh, like you set up on mine, because it took a little while for me to get used to it, but I like that flap where I can have flaps to no flaps to spoilers by just moving the aileron, I mean, by moving the throttle stick. And it works really yeah. well for controlling where I'm going to put that glider. Right. And so you're talking about a full house glider, which is the way we set up our Phoenix 2000. So we have, right. we have Crow, we have, um, you know, spoilers, we got, we, flaps. We got, it, we got it all. You can move every control surface moves for something. You know, we can, we have a camber change for speed mode and it's got like five modes on it. Right. right. Now I will tell you that for a hotliner, you the problem with that of. is you don't need all of that. Yeah. It's, no. it's really meant for speed and it only has flap channels, um, you know, aileron channels, rudder and aileron or uh, elevator and rudder, but the motor is really what keeps that thing moving. So I left, I left it just like a normal airplane and then did some mixing as opposed to putting in a five in, in a glider setup. I left it more. Oh, as I, got a sport I got you. I got you. Airplane. Yeah. Um, mainly because I need the throttle for that thing, and you know the one on. I had to kind of move the throttle off to something else on the yes. Phoenix. So I know most guys have this throttle on a switch. They just throw the switch and get full throttle, and they get up to altitude and turn it off. You know, so it's either. Yeah, a I don't think I like that. I'm not really I, familiar enough. Where I like that. I, yeah, I thought you were going to put it on your slider on the right-hand sides that you have. Uh, that's what I thought you were going to do. Okay, so yes and no. If The way I have mine set up for a full house, those sliders on the left and the right side actually change camber for the different modes. So right. if I was to reassign those to a throttle position, I lose my camber change for the for the glide. Well, once again, you don't really need it for uh, the change that, you know, the camera. That's change. true. And, I, you know, eventually I may go back to that. But right now I just wanted to kind of get it in the air and I just kind of stuck with what I knew. So. This plane is all about sexy speed, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's and all I, I really about. don't need all that other stuff. So it, uh, if it ain't it, whistling, it you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not uh, bothered by that at all. It has to be whistling <laughs> at you. Zoom. Yes, That's what it you want to hear. Yeah. Oh, man. So maybe, uh, you know, unfortunately my summer's kind of stacking up. I've got some vacation and some family stuff that, you know, is going on and some training at work, but, uh, I, I'll get it back out. You know, the summer comes in, gets really hot. we got a lot of thermal uplifting over here. I know, uh, that I, I told you that I went out and maidened it and then you were all excited about gliders. You've been talking about gliders for two weeks, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I have, I can't help it. Yeah. I can't help. But it was fun. It's it was really exciting. I'll post a picture of it. I think uh the guys took photos of Phil launching it or at least, you know, taking a look at it. So I'll I'll post a photo on one of our blo- our um our website there. And uh and yeah, we can uh we can count that as a successful maiden. I'm really Yay. sorry you weren't here to, to see it. Because I really, I, you know, I have a tendency to do that, right? I get a new airplane and then I kind of wait around and him all around putting it together till you're like on your way out. And then I'll like, you know, wrap up and finish it and then go, hey, let's go maiden it. So, well, which uh, brings me to another <laughs> good segue. Uh, yeah, it brings me to the uh, second part, the uh, last part of our podcast here, because uh, uh, I got a new airplane. Go on, you did. Yeah. 
I thought you, so you couple didn't have room. Back, I thought you were out of room for airplanes. I, I, I didn't I, think you could you know, you buy anymore. You know what the problem was? Is that we went to the Arizona Electric Festival. Oh, that you made some, that's, that's right. You made some room. <laughs> I made some room because I crashed my airplane. Uh, and yes, now I have an empty spot on my airplane holder. No, uh, I, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think it was the day I made in that airplane or, or I knew it was coming in. But for those of you that don't know, back in March, I think the 27, 28, something around in there, sometime in the last weekend in March, they guys over at Mar- Motion RC released the A10 ooh. for a pre-release. And, you know, my birthday's in May, so happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> I waited about two and a half seconds after they released the uh, pre-release that came out on the website. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You, you must be getting older. <laughs> I know. My reflexes were not as good as probably some of these younger guys, but I I pulled the trigger. So I will tell you that talking to the guys there at the Electric Festival, Tony uh, had just convinced me. We spent pretty good time with him, you know, the, the day that we spent with him. and, and I love that. He convinced you? Like he, he spoke to you like at length. You really should get this plane, Mike, because of X, Y, and Z. I, I don't think it quite went that way. I, I no. think I remember a little differently. <laughs> no, he just looked at it and said, hey, this is our new A-10. What do you think? And it was pretty much it. <laughs> Drool. That's <laughs> right. Hey, well, gee, you should get that looked at, buddy. That doesn't look uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, what's wrong with his face? <laughs> <laughs> you need a cup or what? Uh, you want a, geez, a napkin? Uh, oh, man. Tell that guy to stop following me around. Come, That's come on. <laughs> well, he you know, me. we got to interview. What? You're not talking to your wife here. Come on. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, he convinced no, we, uh, me. We got, we got to uh, interview Tony. He's, he did spend some time with us there. If you have he was a great guy. Go back to our, our day one of our uh, Arizona Electric Festival podcast. But he did, he did give us a lot of good you know, information about the A-10, and he went out and flew it a couple times, and, and I was pretty excited. And he did say it was coming out sometime in March. Uh, towards the end of March, and so went ahead and ordered it. Now, I will tell you that it's on the water or whatever, so I, I still have a couple of weeks before uh, it comes in because it doesn't come in until uh, the end of May, I think. So, But I did order it, and you know now I just have to sit around and watch videos of it until it gets here. So, Okay, so, so are you going to fully assemble this in the house, or, or where are you going to do it? Are you going to move out the, the whole stuff in the living room? Because this plane, it's, you know, it's – a little meaty. It's uh, you know, it's a little big. I bought a warehouse. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just bought a warehouse for all those planes. So, no, I. You know, it's um, it's kind of nice. If you haven't seen the videos, you should take a look. But it it does have detachable wings. Uh, they hold they're Thank held goodness. on by two screws. It it is wired where you know it's like my glider now. It just has a single attachment point between the wing and the fuselage. So you just plug it in and it's good to go. So I'm not too worried about the size of it because I got a pickup truck anyway, and it'll fit in the back of the truck or. Right. Uh, so are you, are you going to stick with the, the regular motors or are you going to upgrade your motors? Well, I think, you know, I fly off of grass in the, in, in the park. I honestly, between you me and the, all the listeners here, Jay, I think it's a little too big for the park, but that's not going to stop me. I'll probably still, <laughs> I'll probably still fly there. Uh, if I can fly this glider around there in the wings, I, I'm pretty sure I could fly something like that. But 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick with the 80 millimeters just to start, but they do have a 90 millimeter option, and I, I might have to. Well, well what out. I like, what I like about their kits because they're really well thought out, right? So they're made yeah. that you can fly it off of, you know, pavement. You can fly it off of grass. You know, they give this you one, two this different one you options. Can. It's got oh, this one, yeah. 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 But I, what I like about the, uh, for the motors, it's like, you know, normally, you okay, I want to put some new motors or some more powerful things in it, blah, 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 blah. And then you have to do a lot of modifying to get them to fit or to do something. And there's a lot of detail on this particular model. And the nice part is for the nacelles, where the motors, you know, where the uh, e, the EDFs go into the nacelles, they give you they give you the nacelles for a bigger motor comes with the kit. That's yeah, I, nice. I believe so. I, I was a little confused when I ordered it. Not that it mattered, but uh, they they did say that you got that option. So whether yeah, I have to purchase nice. it or whether it comes in the kit, I'm not really sure. But uh, the the option of putting 90 millimeter two right. whether you, whether you do one, or not, not yeah. one, but two, two. <laughs> 90 millimeters. So yeah, two two 90 millimeters that run off of a six cell. I think if you're using 90 millimeters, you're going to probably have to jump up to like a 6,000 milliamp six cell. Uh, right. Because I think, Cause I, think I think Tony was flying, he was flying the 80 millimeter, I think, right? He was. He was flying the 80 millimeter and he was flying it off of uh, the Admiral 4,000 milliamp and 5,000 milliamp. And they were six cells, I do believe. They were six cells, two of them. Right. Yeah. Well, it flew. Which it flew totally pretty brings nice us into. Yeah, and it totally brings us into this whole new battery regime, you know, because I think I fought for many, many years to stay just in the four-cell, three-cell, four-cell range, and now, <laughs> I'm, you know, now I'm past that. Now I'm using basically 12 cells, right? Two six cells is 12 cells? Yes. So, yeah, I've I've, I've kind of jumped up into that craziness. It's just craziness. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think they're flying it on – I don't think they're putting them together to make 12 cells. I think they're flying each one on six cells. So I don't, I don't think you're, you know, I don't think that's the way the setup is. I think you're still flying just with 20, 24 volts. That's it. No, that is correct. You're just flying with six cell on one motor and six cell on the other. Yes. Yes. But in the airplane itself are two, six cells, which is a total of 12 cells sitting in the body of the airplane. True, true. And, and I think I wasn't they, saying know, I was flying it off a 12S. Right. I and you can fly between flying. a 4,000 milliamp and a six and a 6,000 milliamp. Yes. Two of those. Right. So yeah, that's 10, you know, eight to <laughs> 20, eight to, to 12, 12 cell, you know, cell, uh, cell configurations and they're not light, you know? No, so. no. Well, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I still have a few more weeks to, to wait, but I, I, I have it up on my computer, so every time I sit down, I look at it and go, hey, that's coming. So now it's just going to be able to convince the wife that you sent it to me. That's really going to be <laughs> I deny and disavow <laughs> anything for this one. You're on your own, buddy. I'm not helping cover for this one. Well, not, you know, it's the little boy that cried wolf. There, So many boxes have showed up to my house unannounced. She just automatically thinks if one shows up, it's from you. So uh, then I, I guess then, really... then I did my purpose. I, yes, I've done I, my duty. <laughs> yes, I, I've never argued the other side of that. No, no, no. I, I tried actually once when I got the Pitts S12. I tried to say that I didn't buy that. She didn't. She didn't believe me. So. I'm not sure if she believes that it came from you or me, or if she's just given up at this point. <laughs> I think she's just given up. I think that's just it's just <laughs> she, easier. You she know. really has. 
she really you know, she puts up a weak defense. Oh yeah, I spend the money. All right, whatever, Mike. I know, right? That's terrible. So, you well, know, what, what what was that story about the about the Rolex? I think that that would be a, a good a good story to tell the folks. How'd that story go? Oh again? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Jay's been kind of settling into his new place and and you know calling me because he's not flying, so he's asking for advice and he was looking for a trailer, right? I think that you were trying yeah. to find a trailer. Yeah. And uh anyway, he was trying to find a trailer and, and he had this conversation with his wife. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna look into getting this trailer. And his wife said, Yeah, fine. And I told him, I said, Well, you gotta be real careful with that because I had that same thing happen to me. Way back, you know, twenty years ago, I told my wife, Hey, you know what? I I got a promotion at work, I'm making a lot more money and I'm gonna go buy a Rolex. My wife goes, yeah, not a problem. Sure, go ahead. And I thought, perfect. So believe it or not, I was in Switzerland at the time. I went to the Rolex factory to buy it. And I'm sitting there looking at this watch. First of all, I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes, there's a lot of money for a watch. Beautiful watches, by the way. If you ever want to give me one, I'll take one. But uh, <laughs> Sponsors? You know, exactly, right? <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to us. <laughs> So anyway, I'm looking at this watch and I'm thinking two things are going through my mind. The first one is, oh my gosh, this is just a great, wow, this is just a great watch. And the second thing was the price of this watch could put diapers on my kid for like 15 years, you know? So it was, and then the third thing that came into my mind was why did my wife agree to let me come on here and spend this kind of money on a watch? What did I miss basically? So I opted not to buy it that trip. Because I could, I was, I knew I was coming back anyway, so I came back home and first thing as she said was, uh, Where, "Where's your watch?" And I was like, "Oh, I didn't get it this trip." And she's like, "What?" Come to find out, she was all dressed up, ready to go up to, uh, <laughs> to Antwerp and buy a big old diamond <laughs> for about the same price. So it's kind of one of those, you know, well, you get your thing and I get my thing, and and uh, anyway, it didn't work out to her favor because i'd never wound up getting my rolex <laughs> 30 years yeah. later i still don't have one but well it, that actually that was a great story because i cause like i said my wife was she just didn't even blink an eye oh yeah go ahead and get the trailer and you know <laughs> i said to mike yeah she just said go get it didn't even like well how much you know, you know where are you getting it from and you know you, are you getting a warranty with that what, what do you you know her usual questions on things like that she she just oh okay whatever okay that sounds good I didn't think anything right. of it until he told me the story. Now I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> What's in her basket? That's what you, you need I to go to the no, computer and check her, her cart, you know, because there's I, something I, in the cart that's waiting. <laughs> the, when the trailer well, I, shows up, I'm pushing the button on this cart. Exactly. I have um, for our UPS – or not UPS, US, uh, United States Postal Service – uh, you know, I joined up with them. And so anything that comes to the house, it, it I get an alert on my phone. That's it. That's your package is coming. So it's been going off like bing, bing, bing. I'm like, I didn't order anything. I'm like, and then I say something to my wife, did you order some stuff? Oh yeah. I ordered this, that, and the other thing. So I'll, I'll have to keep a, keep tabs on that. And if it really starts going off, I know that she's, you know, Oh, let's see. I, <laughs> it's I can going order. off every five minutes. Ding, exactly. Ding, 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 heck, ding, man? Ding. These mailmen are lining up at my door. It's supposed to be something wrong. <laughs> Exactly. You know, that's crazy. Well, we're getting excited about the summer coming around. It's just around the corner. Another uh, two weeks or so we'll be in. The it day. is buddy. It is. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm uh, hopefully all my work, I can get it all done and I can finally get out and start flying again. I still, you know, my planes are still in boxes and I haven't really tore them out and 
you know, I'm walking and kicking the boxes all the time and I'm, I'm just jonesing to tear them open and get my room kind of set right. up. But <clears throat> I have more pressing matters to fix things and do some other stuff before I do that. Like I said, to be surrounded by such good weather, <laughs> I'm really like, I'm afraid, like, you know, I, I want to get out and fly because, you know, like I said, I still, have the, I still have Alaska in me and it just says, oh, you better take that good day and go fly. When have you ever seen a day like this? Right. And I got to realize, oh, it happens all the time. So I, I don't have to be too rushed or worried that I'm, I'm you know, missing out on, on good times. That's so. true. That's true. So, Well, you know what, Mike? You know, just because I can't get out, everybody else should get out and go fly. That's all I have to say. That'd make me well, feel we are We are getting out and flying. It's getting super hot here, but we, we fly. We just we fly earlier in the morning because now the sun, you know, here in Arizona, it gets it starts getting – it stays lighter later, but it also gets lighter earlier. Right. So we can go out at five o'clock in the morning, really, and it's it's only uh, like ninety degrees instead that of just. I don't know. I feel like I should be sleeping at that time. I don't know. <laughs> Trust me, I think if I called you and said, "Hey, let's go flying," if it was four thirty in the morning, because you've had me out in Alaska at one or two a.m. in the morning, so. right? It, well, once again, I was spo- you know a different kind of being spoiled, right? You know, it's yes. daylight all the time up there, so right. I, I can fly whenever I want, I guess. No, I just have to get used to Texas and it seems like it's a little windier here. So I'm going to have to figure when the wind's not blowing as hard to get out to go fly if that's in the morning, earlier in the morning, or if that's in the afternoon or how the weather patterns are here. It's just, you know, something new to learn. So Yeah, that's you know. true. You'll, you'll get used to it, but I, I was going to so. tell you that uh, we're almost halfway through season uh, two. What? Do you believe it? Where has time gone? Yeah, July's right around the corner. You got uh, what? Two weeks to May, and then four weeks, and we're uh, we're through halfway through the year. How, how do we crazy do that? Is that? I don't know. That just seems like um, it just seems like it's still it's still winter time. I guess I, it's weird. It does. It is kind of right? weird. It is kind of strange, but Whew. well, we've had a we've had a great season so far. I mean, the, we've had some good episodes. Today was just kind of a BS session telling about, but uh, we've. You know, if you're interested in some topics, please email us at theparkflyerpodcast.com or put a comment on the website. We'd love to hear from you. And I know we have had a couple of guys that sent uh, some information out. And Yeah, we like answering your questions. That's yeah. I love those kind of questions or when people write in and ask us something and then we have to think about it. You know, that's that's one right. of the things that we really like about this because we, we're learning, too. There's some things we don't know, and it's nice when we do a little research and or think back, or like, when did I do something like that? And we start talking about it. It's great fun. It is. So a lot please write in. We appreciate it. Yeah, give us a. I saw the not too long ago. We had some Canadian listeners got a bunch of hits up there, and a oh, couple okay. of guys from Spain. Yeah, we're getting uh, pretty much worldwide coverage, so that's always good for us. And we uh, we're talking about a YouTube channel, I think, for the second half of the season. Yeah. So maybe we can yeah. do something like that in, in June. We'll figure it out and try to put something on YouTube or at least a podcast on YouTube. So. Absolutely. Well, I'm uh, I'm interested to hear what happens this summer. Right. With, your, uh, with, with, your with the Army Army Corps of Engineers. It, it basically is just going to come down to how much time I have. And like I said, folks, you know um, – as soon as I can get myself settled from this move and get the house all settled, I'll jump right on that and get that field going one way or another. And then we'll, we'll talk about how to get a field started where you are. Because once again, the places like the Army Corps of Engineers, 
when they have land for something or, or a project they've been working on, it's meant to be used by all of us, not just people who throw a Frisbee or a baseball or they just want a place to hang out in the park. If you have, if you want to be able to use that land too, all you have to do is write up a proposal and bring it to them. Usually they have the funds and the means to make it happen. So you could, you'd be really surprised at what they're, they're able to do. So hopefully so this will do work you think out. I could, you think I could ride them for a dynamite testing area? With <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we might have to work a little bit longer on that, but uh, uh, Hey, just, uh, you know, we have a new president in town, so maybe he's up for that. That's true. So I'll tell him, but you have to put in the proposal to make America great again. And then they'll let that happen. So <laughs> I'll put my hat on. Well, <laughs> well, Jay, I really appreciate you spending some time with us. It was fun to talk about the glider. I know it's, um, you know, been a long time coming and I wish you could have been here. Ah, well, it's still great to talk about it, Mike. And I'm glad I hope our, our listeners were able to enjoy your story and, and they're thinking about getting stuff. Oh, one of the things I wanted to say about that, you know, one thing that we didn't do with that particular aircraft that kind of nipped, nipped us in the bud with, with your whole beautiful story. And that is, although we, we knew about the plane, we, that plane, we really didn't do a lot of research on. It was an impulse buy. It was an impulse buy. Now the plane's fabulous and it's, it's well-made product and it's, it's quality product. But the, assembly of that particular plane because it was such a, a notch up above what we're used to and that had a different building techniques kind of came back and bit us in the butt. Had we both taken some time and read some stuff about it, we would have been a little bit more prepared for what you were getting into to buy that particular plane. So as always, folks, if you see something, you love it and you want to buy it, if you have the time, take take a step back, do a little bit of research about it to see what you're going to get yourself into, but it can still be an enjoyable project. It, it's just that, you know, it's luckily that Mike had a little bit of expertise and knowledge of, to put this thing to, together and figure it out. You know, nothing worse than you, you buy a plane and then you're like, you're putting it together and it becomes work. You know, you're not enjoying it, you know, so we don't want that to happen. So hopefully, hopefully that, almost, ha- that almost happened with this one. There was one or two times where I was not enjoying what I was doing. But- no, it was short lived, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it was one of those things where I was very frustrated once or twice because I'm thinking, man, this is a lot harder than it should be. I kept thinking there was an easy solution, um, little research, and I realized what other people were doing, but then I didn't really want to do what they did, so I, I tried to figure out how to do it, and I, I finally did. I finally had to do a lot of engineering, but I got it done. Right, and it feels good once you get the project done and you throw it together. Oh, so. yeah. I'm glad now that now that I got to fly it, it was even better than expected. Yeah. Well, uh, that does it for this week. We appreciate you joining us here on the Park Flyer podcast. We are always open to your suggestions, topics, or concerns. Feel free to uh, email us again at uh, parkflyerpodcast.com. And Jay, it's been great having you on the podcast again. Mike, as always, it's fantastic to be here, buddy. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Well, uh, let us know what happens, and we'll uh, talk to you, I guess, here in a week and a half or so, next week, two weeks. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. 
Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to heartandfirepodcast at gmail.com.